0: For decades, the Vietnam War has been a Hollywood obsession. Apocalypse Now, Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, First Blood. These were blockbuster films embraced by audiences and critics alike. And for decades, they've helped us understand a painful war and understand each other. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Brian Raftery. And this is Do We Get to Win This Time? How Hollywood Made the Vietnam War. Listen on the Big Picture Feed.
1: Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea.
0: This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long.
2: That's my opinion.
1: He will never emotionally
2: fulfill you.
1: Because I don't want to be a part of this. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Close your legs to marry me in trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Who gonna check me, boo?
3: Hello, and welcome to Ringer Reality's Morally Corrupt. I am Chelsea Stark-Jones. And I'm sorry, I'm not Rachel Lindsay. She is not here today. But I am joined by our regulars, Jody Walker and Zach Peter. How are you guys doing? Hey, Chels. So so glad to have you hosting us. Glad to
2: be
4: here.
3: Yes, yes. And nonetheless, on a day with some news that I wasn't expecting. Uh, So let's go ahead and just kick off that news of the week, which is Carl and Lindsay call off their engagement. Or more specifically, we hear that Carl is the one that called off their engagement. And they were scheduled to get married this November. November. She had the bridal shower a couple weeks ago. He showed up with a bouquet of flowers. Everyone was oohing and on. She looked gorgeous and happy. But time flies and engagements end. How, how were we shocked or surprised
4: by this news? It's so funny I that you... I didn't see it coming. You didn't. No, I mean... No, I thought that they were going to get married. I was rooting for them. I liked them. I know that's the unpopular opinion, but I actually liked Carl and Lindsay and wanted them to go the distance. I think
2: it's the unpopular opinion in the cast. I don't know if it's the unpopular opinion among fans. Like, there is... I was also rooting for them, and it seemed so... The relationship seemed so against all odds. So, Chelsea, like, when you asked, are you shocked, are you surprised? That was exactly how I was framing it in my head. And when I've seen... Real relationships, like in real life, or at least on the Instagram version of real life, fall apart. And it's like, you know, two or three weeks before the wedding. I feel like a lot of times I feel shocked, but not surprised. It's like, yeah, the elements were probably there for it to fall apart. But because it had made it so far, you really thought it was going to go the distance, or I did in this case.
3: Yeah, I will say I was definitely shocked. And I, like the two of you, was someone that was rooting for Carl and Lindsay. I wanted to see them succeed in spite of the cast's lack of support. I thought they were really cute together. I thought she balanced his sobriety out with her craziness. Like, I thought it worked for them. But apparently it didn't. And apparently we will also see this play out on this season of Summer House because... I feel Carl might have done her dirty by calling this wedding off with cameras rolling. Apparently, the conversation was caught on on tape. So we're going to see it all. But we've also got some scoop, uh, may I say. Uh, Zach hit us with a text this morning that kind of rocked our socks a little bit with some, yeah. some insight of, of how this might have gone down.
4: Yeah. Well, one... I think the season had already wrapped. Like, they'd already finished filming, and then he called production, and he's like, hey, I need to reveal something. So they pulled up cameras again on Wednesday. Oh, and he that's did it, Ariana I was, and- Y'all yeah, know what that saying. is.
2: You know what that is. That's the Vanderpump <laughs> effect. I was just talking about this with someone. Like, we are, this, the, you know, Scandival is the biggest thing that happened in reality TV in forever. It's the hugest thing in pop culture this year. And we're gonna see it. And like, I don't like to think that this is it. But pulling cameras back up, like that's a new move.
4: Yeah. Well, is it though? Because I feel like they've kind of done it in the past. It's just become a bigger move since Scandival kind of blew it up. Yeah, it's but, like a checkmate.
2: It's like uh, yeah. this is how something blows up. But, but it's really one thing when it's, it's like lightning in a. But bo- that was lightning in a bottle.
4: But like, yes, and that will never happen again to to have that same effect. But like, it was one thing to find out that like your man is cheating on you with your friend and to find the naughty FaceTime and to call production and be like, this went down last night. It's another thing to be like, so I think I'm going to break up with my fiance and I know we're getting married in a few weeks, but like, I need to call it off. And so we should go to her apartment and film it. Like that to me is just savage.
2: Oh yeah, that's dirty, dirty, dirty. Unless tinfoil hat time. Lindsay called them and she said I'm about to be Ariana and I'm going to be the hero of this season as the as the you know hurt person Which, like she's in PR she could pull it off there's absolutely no rumor that that's what happened I'm just saying it could have
4: Yeah I yeah I mean listen we're going to see it play out but um Heather McDonald's went on her Patreon and had a little more insight apparently that they've had issues and Heather claims that she heard that they weren't going to get married weeks ago, possibly around the time she was in Vegas when Hannah Burner was also doing a show in Vegas. Cause she said she has a very, very good, very, very trustworthy source that gave her this information that they all kind of knew that the wedding wasn't going to happen, which is strange considering like just a few days ago, Carl was doing like suits with his groomsmen and, and Lindsay just had her bridal shower. So I mean, it sounds like they all were just waiting for the news to kind of drop, waiting for it to become official. I'm sure the relationship issues are going to play out this season, but apparently Carl's mom is the one that was really influencing him to break up with Lindsay.
3: Mm, which is weird because, I mean, it's not weird, but she always seemed to like Lindsay, um, at least when the cameras were up. But yeah, that to, to hear that this potentially might have, been something that's gonna play out throughout the season surprises me too. I mean, you can never really trust Instagram, but the photos that have been posted from the cast and that we've seen behind the scenes, like all looks like they're this happy, engaged, newly to be wed couple. And so I I I I'm I'm really surprised. I don't want to see this play out on camera. This one actually kind of does make me sad. Um (laughs) because I do like Lindsay. (laughs) That's an unpopular opinion. (laughs) But yeah, this is... I love Lindsay. Lindsay is the show. The show is Lindsay. Yes. Yes. You guys, I have to read you this tweet
2: that I saw earlier from Faces by Bravo. And he basically just is saying, like, I need... A pump rules style transition of Lindsay Hubbard leaving the summer house in a sprinter post-engagement breakup to Aaron's Tribeca apartment from Real Housewives of New York. Like a la the way that Sheena walked from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills into her f- Pump Rules. And we have been trying to get Lindsay Hubbard on Real Housewives of New York. And now we have this young, younger cast that she could just stroll right into. And it it could be the happy ending that we need. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, I I Lindsay Hubbard has been trying to get on Real Housewives in New
4: York. Let <laughs> her
2: Shout day, out to her faces. wedding gift. <laughs> yes.
4: Shout out yeah. to Faces by Bravo. I love Steven. Um yeah, I think it's time that Lindsay transitions over to Housewives. And like what like do you realize how much Hannah and like Sierra would seethe if she got to like really get But it's t- like Lindsay has earned her spot. Throw her on New York. That would make it more interesting.
0: A, a,
3: an activated Lindsay Hubbard on the new Roni would be fascinating, to say the least.
2: Lindsay and Aaron would be such fast friends mm, and then yes. immediate enemies. <laughs> immediate yeah. turn to enemies.
3: I will say, I also have thought about what Lindsay's going to do next, and I read something that um her, her friends, her bridesmaids, were knee deep in bachelorette planning, and so I thought Sex in the City movie instead of going on her honeymoon or her whatever, she goes with her girls. They have a revenge trip. It could be a, an ultimate girls trip of women scorned and bravo. Let's make this into something. Like, let's go. Let's take our Ariana. Let's take our Lindsay. Like, I I want a JV version of ultimate girls trip. And, and we could center it around girls that have been fooled by these devious, bravo, immature men. That's, that's, the, that's Lindsay's next move.
2: Oh my, I, I'm just thinking about the Southern charm opportunities here. Yes, like, yes. It's just all of the giant, tall men of bravo just ruining lives. And yeah, I, I wanna, the, the spinoffs are getting spinoffs. J, what's the junior version of JV? That's what we need on Ultimate Girl Strip. I think it's like, we got, how do we get bravo on the line? I just, these are great ideas.
3: I mean, they could use us. The wheels are turning. They could and, use us. And you
2: said earlier, like, I actually, I don't think that I want to see this on the season of Summer House. It just feels so sad.
3: Yeah, it does. It, it, Zach, this, Zach's ready. No, <laughs> Zach's ready to yeah, see ready. yesterday. No, I
4: am. Re- yeah, but I also, like, it. it, it makes me, like... Then you like, I just, then I feel like we're like detectives picking apart the entire season to like find all the flaws in their relationship. And you just, you watch the show with such a different lens once the stuff, like the big things like this leak early, um, which is why I actually think Salt Lake City is going to be good this season because I watched the premiere and there's a big bomb that's coming at the end of the season that I think it's going to be a good season of Salt Lake. But that's what i like when things can kind of like stay. I mean, obviously, I love when the news breaks and we get the tea, but like, I miss the days when Bravo used to be like, let's just watch the season play out and see where this is going.
2: Yeah. yeah. It does make those moments more special when they can. And a good season of Salt Lake City is absolute music to my ears. You've made my day and my weekend. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a different era.
3: I agree. And and with that, with different eras, we're going into our new era of Roni because I've been loving this new era of Roni. I haven't been able to recap it because you and... Uh, Rachel, I've been talking about it, Jody, but I. Bit of an accusation. (laughs) (laughs) No, Chelsea, today when I I was watching the
2: episode and I was like thinking about, you know, chatting about it with Rachel like usual. And then I was like, wait a second. I'm chatting about it with Chelsea this week. So I get to hear all of your fresh opinions. I can't wait.
3: Yes. Well, I th- I feel like you and I are a little bit more aligned with things than you and Rachel. You guys seem to butt heads on on a few people. Um, but um this episode we got some individual scenes. I did really like Jenna's casting of her models for for love scene lashes. My mom actually has her lashes. She really likes really? them. Yeah, They're yeah. They're so
2: natural. Yeah, like, that's why my mom likes them. I yeah. just when she's wearing them, I I mean, you know, it just I love all kinds of, like, I love big lashes too, but it just, they're, I want to get my hands on them. I want to understand what makes them so natural.
3: I don't have, like, I mean, I'm wearing, I have my lash extensions right now, but, like, I don't have, like, beautiful natural lashes so i like a little drama to my lashes um but i do like for the purpose that they serve for her with what she her um the condition she was born with and stuff like that like i do think they're a really nice um product and i thought you know learning more about Jenna and, you know, her real name being Judith was sweet. Uh, to Sai's point, it is weird that she's just so willing to be open with strangers and not with some of the women on the cast, but... I think
2: Sai proved her point, proved Jenna's point pretty well later about why she might be more willing to give this information to a stranger who will not then turn around and sort of use it as a. I I mean, I think Sai had okay intentions, but we'll get to that later. But, like, I... I don't know. I just Jenna's someone who really like jumps across the page and I think I just I get it with her and she manages to be so warm and human and empathetic while also being kind of guarded and closed off and that's a type of person, you know, like someone who really is kind but is just kind of careful about letting people in. It's not a normal kind of housewife. But I think for me, it's really working so far. I just like, I really like watching her on screen.
3: Yeah, I really like Jenna. And, you know, I will say I was a little nervous and I am still a little nervous about how she's going to evolve on this cast um, because of her lack of willingness to show a little bit more of her personal life mostly her relationship she's being very open about the breakup in her relationship but like i I, and also just her relationship with andy cohen seemingly they're close they went out to lunch recently so i feel like as this show progresses into many more seasons if she continues on with it i do worry that there might be this underlying envy that might start brewing amongst the other women of like we're bleeding out for this she gets to just be on she doesn't have to show her relationship she doesn't have to do this blah blah blah." and like we kind of i think we're going to see it a little bit later Apparently, she didn't want to fly coach with the women or something like that. Why so. were
2: they flying coach? I, <laughs> something I can't wait to find out. Like, they're way too rich to be flying coach. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that's right. Like, the favoritism always rears its head, and it could rear its head real early here. I did get the impression with her breakup that uh, that they broke up because the, her girlfriend didn't want to be on screen, and then her girlfriend didn't want to be a part of this, and it sounded to me like Jenna was up for, like, that she would be willing to show a relationship on screen, I thought.
3: I don't know. When they first talked about it, when they went to the Hamptons, it did seem like she, I mean, she didn't even want to tell the woman her name, so... I just,
2: I thought, I got the impression that that was for the girlfriend.
3: Yeah, maybe. But I'm a Jenna
2: apologist. I'm a full Jenna
3: apologist. I thought she wanted to keep her relationship private just because of how the history of her lesbian life has been displayed in the public. Um, with the page six or whoever outed her, New York Post and stuff like that. But I like Jenna, I really do. I find her to be funny and charming and quirky, um, and beautiful, and also like effortlessly, effortlessly stylish. Um, mm-hmm. so I I've been wearing it. a lot
2: of big jeans lately, and I realized today it's because I've been watching this show.
3: Oh, I've been wearing a lot of big jeans lately too, and I don't know if it's because of the show or if it's. I'm just heavily influenced by what I see on TikTok, and like that's the new style. But... I am heavily influenced by <laughs> Gen Alliance. <laughs> um, we also get to meet Bren's fiance, former fiance Gideon, who future was fiance ideally, future fiance ideally. I liked him; he was very charming. He looked different from the photos a little bit to me. I was a little bit surprised when I saw... But not in a bad way, but just in a way. I was like, oh, he was a little bit older than I thought. Maybe those pictures were from a few years ago.
2: Yeah, he did look a little older, and he looked a lot more British. Like, I feel like in the photos everything was sort of smudged and then like when you saw him in real life you got all the like character in his face which feels very british like he looked like <laughs> Hugh Grant um i thought he was so cute and charming and in lo- i was like getting butterflies during their scene like yeah he's in love with bren he's in love with bren and i think She's in love with him, too. She's just scared.
3: She's scared, and her scaredness turns into meanness. I was like, Brent, can you please be nice to this man? He is so polite and just hearing stuff about how much of a gentleman he is and and all the things like I really i I do hope that she could kind of let herself be vulnerable and just kind of be in this relationship and And have a family. That's what she ultimately seems like she wants. And she could start that for herself, you know? I can't believe they met on Tinder. What a... Also, yeah.
2: Wow. And she was... I think she she said Tinder was in beta or something. That was like 14 years ago.
3: (laughs) Yes, it was. It, I, I, more like about 10, but
2: <laughs> it was, it was say- about 10 years ago. It was just a lot, it's a long time ago.
3: It is a long time ago. Um, I, I am curious, Jody, if someone slid into your Tinder DMs asking you very politely to go out for tea, would that catch your eye more than someone asking to sh- hit it, hit it in the streets? And I'm gonna tell you sheets? what,
2: I don't like tea, but. I deeply related to the dynamic of like a nice, polite, charming boy, really after an ungettable, like emotionally guarded redhead. So all of this was hitting a little, a little close. But I was also like, when she was like, I could just tell from that. I remember reading your first message and thinking, this is such a nice guy. And he was like, and I remember our first messages and thinking, this is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. <gasps> didn't I it feel genuine? Charmed? I, it felt genuine. It didn't feel like a lie. It felt real. I was like, oh. And, you, and that could be the British accent. That could be the British accent. Strikes again on Real Housewives of New York. But I was charmed. And I thought, just keep, just... Keep him in your life without hurting him, Bryn. If you can, it's all about timing. Well, yeah, if you can we can get there with the timing. We get need there.
3: to. We need to protect Gideon by any means necessary. Um, he's a cutie. We, uh, as Devin in our uh, outline put, we are Gideon stands here. So, Bryn, Gideon, don't fuck this up. If
2: you reveal yourself to be a monster, I will be <laughs> furious.
3: <laughs> um. And then we also get Jessel revealing her IVF journey to her mom, which kind of I would assume brought tears to your eyes because my eyes got a little watery in this moment. So I know you definitely cried.
2: Oh yeah. I was full sniffles, like chin, like like multiple, multiple tears, like hot tears below my chin. No lip quiver, but yeah, I fully cried, yes, for sure.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I I really enjoyed uh, this motherly daughter scene it in some ways reminded me of my mom and and me and it was really sweet to see you know jessel's mom was like hurt um but she also understood why you know jessel didn't come to her initially and share this with her but it was. It seems like she was more so hurt because she couldn't be there for her, and like that was really sad. And and um, you know, and it's just like, oh, like I wanted to just give you a hug, and I would have flown to you, and I would have taken care of you, and I would have taken the best care of you. And it's yeah. just like that's just like such a mom thing.
2: I know it's also such an adult daughter thing. I think to be like, you know, they were both sort of like well rather Jessel was protect trying to protect her mom from having to protect her you know and just being like i know how you are and that this would be so hard for you and like and then that's hard for the mom to hear that she couldn't le- or she wasn't leaning on her because of how she is and but it was you know it was a very sweet and sharing moment and Jessel talked about you know like within their culture that there can be judgment Um, for, like, not being able to have children quickly and that she was also kind of protecting herself from that. It was just, like, it was really layered. And um, I really loved that they were drinking spicy margaritas at, like, 11 a.m. to get through it. After Jessel first told her and then her mom started to get emotional, the first thing she did was take, like, a heaping pull from (laughs) her spicy margarita, which is so... Her mom is so, like, sort of, like, chic and... Uh, I guess she's actually not so quiet, but she's just, you know, she's sort of, like, understated that I like that looks, she was just ready to get down at noon. She
3: looks like a cute, sweet little mousy woman. Like, yeah, but then once you get her talking and going and one spicy margarita and or she's, like, real spicy and snappy. They were just and, arguing
2: yeah. at the beginning of that lunch. Like, that. it's like, oh, yeah, that's where Jessel gets it. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I love her mom. She seems awesome. And I do like Jessel. I, I do like Jessel. She's funny. She's quirky. I think there's there's some things about like I, I love the scenes with her and her husband when they talk about the kids. Like, yeah. I don't think I could do private school for that much money. Um I don't need to be brushing shoulders with Tom Cruise. He seems a little weird to me, but I, ideally just, I'll never me. brush shoulders with Tom <laughs> Cruise.
2: That's actually that's actually pretty high on my wish list of things not to do. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I'm finding. They're dynamic more and more like um, or less and less uncomfortable, I should say. Like at first I didn't like how much they were picking at each other, but now I think I kind of get it. And also, yeah. I thought Pavit looked really cute in this episode, and so that that won me quite over. He's wearing a very nice jacket.
3: Yeah, I will say I'm understanding him. Al- I'm understanding their relationship a lot more as these episodes progress.
2: Um, still pretty nervous about the upcoming solo travels, but I guess we'll just get there when yeah. we get there.
3: Yeah, and also still nervous about couples that, like, bicker and pick at each other like that so much. It does give, like, Adrian Maloof energy um so it like that didn't end well for her so we'll see but um also we got a scene and this leads into the drama of the wreath making party um which is something i've never seen on housewives but anyways um abe and aaron they do a little debrief on their anniversary party which was um i will say i do not like speeches i do not like speeches i am someone that's planning a wedding my fiance wanted to give his groomsmen, each of his groomsmen a chance to speak at the reception. There are 6 of them. I said we are not doing that. Um that, like I do not like sitting and watching people speak. I want to dance. And I want to dance as quickly as possible. We're not going to let people talk. <laughs> like what are we doing? So I understood people chatting throughout the speeches. I understood people being bored. Like especially because a lot of these people like did not know Aaron and Abe for the 10 years that they have been together or prior to so like hearing these stories that you're not like it's just it right over your head so it totally depends on the
2: atmosphere like if you were at an intimate fairly small and usually speeches take place at a rehearsal dinner not at a wedding and at a rehearsal dinner it's family and closest friends and most people know each other and you're listening to people talk lovingly or hilariously about people that you know really well and so you're gonna laugh and you're gonna cry and I think like when speeches are done well and quickly then they're great so like maybe you know if your fiance's Closest two groomsmen, or maybe they want to huddle up in a team and give a speech. Maybe not all six. You've made. She's made her decision. She's staring at me like, no.
3: Yeah, (laughs) we're not going to work around no speeches. No one can speak at the rehearsal dinner, but only the best man and the maid of honor can speak at the wedding. It's just those two. They've earned their right. Oh, (laughs) he wanted to have everyone speak at the wedding. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. No.
2: That's very adorable, though, because he's so personable, you know? Like, I can can see him (laughs) wanting that. I can see Aaron wanting people to listen to other people talk about her, which is a different motivation. (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, it seemed awful. It was like a room of a thousand people. You couldn't hear anything. It was like 100-foot-tall ceilings. It was so echoey. And then... And I didn't buy that the girls, other girls, were talking during their vows. Um, I just thought they were talking during the speeches. I don't know.
3: Yeah, and so when her sister relayed that they were talking during the vows, it did seem during the vows, as we saw it, they were listening and paying attention. I thought they were talking during the speeches. But one of the things that Abe shared to Aaron was the flirty things that Bryn said to him. And, um... Yeah, I thought they were completely inappropriate too. I would not have liked them. Um, everyone later on kind of gaslights Aaron and it's just like, this is how Brynn is. Like, why are you so worked up over like, this? And straight. Like,
2: Abe relayed them like quote for quote. Like, yes. he, yeah, he, he got the link. Lang- he remembered he was sober at his own wedding. Like, he had the language correct and they were so heated later being like, we did, she did not say divorce. Like, yes. And the, ed- is- the editors had Abe's
3: back. They did. And it was also one of those times when the like one of the few times when information is properly relayed to another person and right. housewife history. Like it was really spot on. And um, yes, and Aaron is rightfully upset and she heads into this wreath making party with as I think someone called her the Grinch. Like she was not she was ready to fight. She was not happy and it's she was not so- looking forward to it. It's so tough
2: for Erin because she can be right and just have a history of having the wrong attitude and like miss it. You know, it's just she's never right now. She's not going to get to be right because her social cachet is low. Like she's she's you know she's argued with everyone. Like no one. It just seems like she has gotten herself into a place where no one's going to take her side, even when she's right. And then also. The way that she tries to handle conflict is just so intense and, like, superior and probably a little motivated by getting a storyline. And I think that, like, multiple things can be true at once. Like, Sai can be rude, Brynn can be inappropriate, and and Erin can just be, like, uptight as hell in a way that makes you never want to be on her side.
3: Yeah, part of me wonders, and you know, don't take any offense to this New Yorker's, if it's just the New Yorker in her. It's just that like New York aggressive, upfront personality trait that she might have of just being like completely blunt and like too, a little too blunt about things. And yes, again, you know, Bryn's party, it was cute. Like I said, I've never seen a wreath making uh, party on any housewife thing before. We had pumpkins on RC. Love a craft. It
2: reminded me of when they made calzones on OG Real Housewives of New York. Like, there was something about that, like, big, empty space with, like, black leather chairs, and I think it was the morning. I was like, why are these women being gathered in the morning for, like, a...
3: Call times, Jody? call times. I know,
2: but <laughs> it's not the call time for me. As you well know from this podcast, I can...
3: um but again we get more food complaints from Sai, which is something that i think is i'm over it i get it you don't you you like to eat a lot of food you're very picky about the food that you like to eat and come prepared like just don't like if you're if you know you're this person like can we please just not not hear you complain about food all the time it's torture
2: if you are if you don't eat meat Carry a granola bag, bar in your purse. Like, and I think she eats, I think she's a pescatarian. And like, yes. I saw locks in that spread, and that is perfectly healthy. Like, she was like, Is there oatmeal? If there were oatmeal, she would be like, Oh, there's a skin on that. What kind of, what, kind, how?
3: <laughs> there's no winning <laughs> in, with this woman. There's, there's no, it, winning. no winning.
2: Like, if, if Bryn had provided an oatmeal bar, can you imagine what Cy would have had to say? Asking if there's oatmeal. I mean, I love oatmeal, but that's wild.
3: And Yeah, oatmeal bar for six women, five women. Like, no, there's not a big tub of oatmeal. Also, big tubs of oatmeal is not appealing. Like, buffet oatmeal? Because it's, like, too, like, mushed together. It's not good. The worst
2: thing you could request is, like, buffet oatmeal. And then, you know, she got her plate of berries. I just... Yeah, it does feel like there's no winning which is a bad place to be as a friend and she yeah i don't know if she's doing it as a bit but it's a it's gotten quite tired
3: it's tiring but you know erin comes in she immediately goes after Si for leaving early to her party which i did think it was rude for Si to like you could do an irish goodbye but you do need to say goodbye to the host and the hostess i didn't I it, especially a-
2: I don't know. Rachel asked me this last week, and I kind of thought about, have thought about it a little more. And when I was like watching it, I was like, I don't know. You're allowed to leave a party whenever you want.
3: I I thought it was rude, especially because Aaron did say like, please don't leave. I'm changing. She did say please don't and leave, and she just <laughs> she did like, specifically say left. That. So I did think it was rude and a little bit uncalled for, and and also again, and and I do understand like Aaron's harshness could be a little bit offsetting, but like. I'm sorry I left early to your party. I was hungry. Like, there's nothing at your party I could eat. So I'm sorry I left. I just had to get somewhere before the kitchen closed. Like, okay. Yeah. I think, like,
2: ultimately, Sai gives off a feeling that, like, no one can meet her expectations. So, like, she's a party of one. And that, like, you know, I mean, she's just very self-motivated, it seems. And it's, I think, maybe wearing... (laughs)
3: <laughs> yes, it's certainly
2: it, wearing on Aaron.
3: It is wearing on Aaron, <laughs> who is and, upset, and Bryn is also wearing on Aaron because as. Aaron relays to Bryn, "Like I don't like what you said to my husband. I don't like how you said it. To be joking about divorce, divorce, (laughs) divorce, divorce at our anniversary party is so uncalled for and so unnecessary and so rude. And both Bryn and Jessel is like, she didn't say divorce. She didn't say divorce. And again, cut to the editors showing us the proof that she said divorce." Not once, but twice, but three times, I think. Maybe even four. She, oh, knows? she she
2: said divorce, divorce, trial separation. <laughs> I was like, how did we miss the joke that included trial separation? <laughs> so, so specific.
3: She definitely did. And I and I did not appreciate the gaslighting, as I said earlier, of, of Bryn and even Jessel to the extent of like, no, no, it's just, it's just joking. It's who she is. Like, I wouldn't be offended at blah, blah, blah. And it's like. You may not have been, but I was. And this was something that was important to me. And you did this in a setting that was really just irresponsible and not in good timing and just tacky. I felt like
2: from the full extent of what I ultimately saw in that scene, that when Brynn is attacked, she goes into like full defense mode and basically blacks out. Like it seemed, you know, and I, and also I think she does that when she's joking really hard. Like, I did sort of feel like she genuinely didn't remember saying divorce. That doesn't excuse it, but like I did sort of think that. And then I also thought that she is capable of having more understanding for Aaron, which she basically says the moment Aaron leaves, she's like, I wanna understand how she feels. I wanna have a conversation, but she but she can't do that or something. But Bryn also couldn't do it. Like she was so on the defense that she couldn't allow any room to be like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have been joking like that. It just has struck me a few times, even through this short amount of episodes, that Brynn can't really deal with a situation when it's happening, and then she can kind of follow up with, like, empathy and understanding. Just yeah. kind of seems like her response. I mean,
3: I do think Brynn remembers saying divorce. <laughs>
2: She just thinks she was outright lying.
3: I, I think she was well, outright she, lying. She do be lying. She it's, do it's, be lying. Especially because she was so staunch in her defense. Like, how dare you say I was flirting with a married man? You were flirting with a married man. Like, you, oh, that you was were. Crazy. So,
2: like, that was, she said, if you accuse me of flirting with, it's like, she doesn't have to accuse you. These it's, are facts.
3: It's what you were doing. So,
2: your tagline is if you make me mad, I'll date your dad.
3: Yes. So, I like, I do think she knows exactly what she said and what she was doing. And I think she was just being very defensive of that. Um, uh, Yeah, Erin storms off. She calls her sister, who seems to be petitioning to be another Real Housewives in uh-uh, New York. Uh-uh. I don't uh-huh. like that
2: sister. I do not like that sister. I'm not
3: a fan of the sister. I do like Erin. So I, I will give the sister a little bit of a pass. But I, I do... Yes, I'm curious to see how this plays out. We have seen, as Rachel noted last week, Bryn is... <laughs> Backing away from from her stance on the show, and is you know, seemed to have a one hundred and eighty on how she acted, and seems to know that it was not appropriate. So maybe something does get through to her, and we'll see it play out. But um, but yeah, that was Ronia this week.
2: I loved it. I'm loving it.
3: I loved it too. And we got a mid season trailer, which also looks really fascinating and good. So I'm into it. I'm loving the new Ronie. Dare I say, I'm not completely fully missing the old Roni. I think I might be one of the few.
2: I think there are just a lot of differing opinions, and you never know where you might find an OG truther. For example, right here in this chat, Zach Peter and Devin Manzi uh, <laughs> uh, revealed themselves to be OG truthers just before we started talking. I love what I love what original Roni gave me, um, and I'm liking what new Roni's given me, too.
3: I do. You could love both. It's like we can mul- love both. We could love both. It's like having multiple children. I ask my mom all the time, who's your favorite? She says there are no favorites. So Well, it's the she's same- lying. Every know, parent it's, it's has me. a favorite. And it's, it's me. me. Yeah. And, yeah, but you know. I'll believe
1: her. I'll believe her. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. try new Pureleaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash Pureleaf and enter 20 Pure LEAF for 20% off your purchase of new Pureleaf Blackberry Iced Tea.
0: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles And your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
3: We'll have Roni again next week. And Jody, thanks for joining. Um, we'll get to Zach Peter because I will say I am a real housewife of Atlanta OG truther because my, oh my, the season of Atlanta sucks. It's horrible. And we haven't even discussed it, really, on Morally Corrupt this season. I think only twice I've been on to discuss Atlanta with Rachel because it has been so unbearably bad.
4: It's been really bad, Chels. Like, I, I kept trying to get into it this season. I kept trying to get into it this season. And I just, it wasn't giving me anything. I was so disappointed in Marlo. I was Everyone was so excited that Marlo was really going to, like, earn her peach. And I'm just like, the peach has gotten rotten. It's gotten moldy, and we need to like, no, we're past its expiration date. She's just not real housewife material. The only one that I really like on the show is Kenya still. I loved her Carlos King interview.
3: I did really like her Carlos King interview. I think whenever I see Kenya outside of Real Housewives of Atlanta, I realize I really like her. (laughs) Um, I, I didn't I never was a fan of Kenya's, really. But when I saw her on Ultimate Girls Trip, I thought she was... I was like, oh my God, I like the side of her. When um in the Carlos King interview, I really liked her. When I see her on Watch What Happens Live, I think whenever she is in the Atlantis sphere, people are trying to take her down and make her f- be the villain. And she kind of plays into the villain role a little bit. Um, But before we get into the finale, which had some interesting tidbits, but... Before we get into the, rea- uh, the finale, I do want to discuss what we have been seeing online about the cast of Atlanta and what that means moving forward. We've seen some reboot rumors. We've seen something from, I think it was Love B. Scott initially saying that this is all, they're going to wipe the cast clean. We're going to get a roni style reboot. Then Bravo came out themselves, I think, and said, that's not happening. We haven't discussed contracts. We hear another rumor that only two of the women are coming, or three of the women are coming back, Sheree, Kenya, and Candy, and that they're going to build the cast around them. What do you think should happen to Atlanta moving forward?
4: I don't know. I know we there was the whole topic of of Roni earlier, and I think I was mischaracterized because I think I, I'm enjoying the new Roni. I'm just not like I think it's a little overhyped. But I think that like ending the classic Roni when we did, um, I think even if we ended it a season earlier, that would have been better because I think season 13 was just terrible. But like, I like that they did that because now we can let legacy roni live in legacy land and just kind of stay there and then now we have an opportunity for new women to come forth i don't know if rebooting all of these franchises is necessarily the way to go i don't know if we're all kind of like i feel like we're just in this housewives fatigue that like we've been seeing the same thing over and over and over that i don't know if just replacing them with new people is the way to go so when it comes to like what to do with atlanta i'm like I don't, like, are you interested in getting to meet six new women in Atlanta? Like, is this really what we want to do is just reboot all of the cities?
3: So my thought with Atlanta, and this is no shade to Atlanta, I just don't know if there are six dynamic women in Atlanta that are young, fresh, and vibrant that we see in New York. Like, New York, that makes sense. Like, I'm sure, like duh it's new york it's a mecca there's so many different people from so many different backgrounds from atlanta like my thought would be like okay we could take young like basketball and football wise but then that's just wags rebooted you know so i personally would like to see what was it? Was it Rony season three when they kind of got rid of everyone but three people? And then they, so that's what I would like to see. This rumor that I'm hearing that it's going to be Candy, Kenya, and Sheree that stay. I would even flirt with the idea of Drew just because of this divorce drama. I don't love Drew, but this could prove to be interesting. And bring me Kim Zolsiak. I want her divorce shit on air. I want that. I want to know what's going on with Croy. Apparently, he he just listed the house. I want to see that play out. Bring me back Portia. I want to see Portia. I don't want to see Nene leaks back. I know that's like a popular, like easy one that everyone wants to see. That's probably 99.9% not going to happen because of everything that she has done to the network or the legalities that she has given to the network. And I also just feel like we forget Nini was checked out her last several seasons. And she acted as if she was bigger and greater than the show. And that wasn't fun to watch. It was like her last reunion was met. Like she just always like, don't speak to me unless you're spoken. To. And like, that's not fun, compelling TV for a full season. So I don't want Nini back for that reason. However, I do like the idea of them keeping three staples and, and, designing it around them. However, I will say Candy needs to check in a little bit more. Like, I, und- uh, we need to figure out when she's not flying off bebopping all over the country. Like, she needs to be in Atlanta for filming. Like, we can't have a busy Candy because I can't do another storyline of how busy Candy is and she needs to do her family and blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah. yeah.
4: Well, I think that's why OC really works this season is because we have so many veterans that have history together. I think bring back Kim, bring back Kenya, bring back um, Sheree, full-time, maybe we move Candy to like a Vicky Gunvalson like friend of reduced role because I think Vicky in that role right now in OC is perfect because at one point we were tired of Vicky and it was just too much and she was just, you know, even her ego got a little big that now I feel like she's coming a little more humble and she can come in and be fun. She can come in, she could stir the pot. She can come in and be a mediator that that role is perfect for her that I think once a housewife reaches a certain point where we've seen enough of their story play out, reducing their role one, kind of humbles them a little bit, but two, also kind of keeps their face in the mix without us needing to see all these unnecessary scenes because they have a full-time contract. So I think we need the mess of Kim Zolciak. I think Kim and Kenya together on the show would be fireworks. I'm not interested in Drew, mainly because I thought that this finale was super underwhelming, and I thought it was overhyped, and then I watched, and I was so excited, and then I was like, that's what we got, which I know we'll get into in a second. I'm looking forward to seeing what the reunion will bring because... I know we're going to get into the mess a little bit more. I just don't feel like Drew's an honest housewife. I feel like she hides things. I feel like she lies about things. So I don't want to see any of her drama play out because I don't feel like it's going to be honest. I would like to see Portia come back, but I did see the rumors that she's trying to hold out. She wants to be, you know, or it's rumored that she wants to be the most, the highest paid housewife. And I don't, again- I don't think she she deserves it. No, I think if she's going to come in like that, she's going to come in with the ego. And we don't like when they come in with the ego because then they end up just- killing themselves
3: yeah um yes i agree and i don't think she deserves it like i was listening to something from stassi's podcast um when they were talking about rachel wanting to be paid just as much as tom and ariana and stassi was saying even when i left and i came back i wasn't making the same amount of money as people like Jax and katie because i left for a season so like i never made as much as they were they did even though i was an OGer, because i left for a season that makes sense. Same thing with Portia. Like, I don't know if it translates from Vanderpump to Housewives, like if that's the same pay scale, but Portia can't expect to make just as much as Candy when Candy's started earlier and has been on consistently and you've been gone. So I I don't yeah, see those. The only
4: time that happened that. was with Bethany.
3: Yeah. You yeah. know,
4: but, I, and I get it because it's like they have, there's only a certain, like, Their contracts stipulate that there's a certain percentage that they're allowed to increase with every year that they are contracted with the network that when they leave, they lose out on those, you know, percentage um, increases. So I get it. But like, to me, it's more of like the ego thing. It's like, if you think you deserve all of this money, then you're going to come in thinking that you're bad shit and it's just like, and it just, it's unappealing, you know, when they come in with an ego. We're going to
3: get the NeNe leaks of it. And that's not fun to watch for anybody, but... Give
4: me Kim Zolciak, a cigarette and a glass of Chardonnay. I'm ready for it. (laughs) A
3: glass of Chardonnay and a red Solo cup, please. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Let's get into this underwhelming finale. I agree with you, Zach. We saw this play out in March in articles that Drew and Ralph were filing for divorce. And... I will say it was semi-shocking just because they put on a front on camera that things are okay. They do show some of their their relationship ups and downs. But for the most part, whenever they're in confessionals, Drew talks glowingly about Ralph. And even when they were at the premiere party of or the trailer release, whatever party of Drew's film... Ralph was showing up like he was husband of the year, taking videos, snapping pictures, blah, blah, blah. And it's like we just saw your your therapy session. <laughs> like, and Drew says, like, Ralph knows when to play the husband card. And that's what he was giving us, the husband card. Um, but I was underwhelmed. And I was underwhelmed because we didn't really get a lot out of of from them, mostly because it seems like they are going to be in a really dirty drag out divorce in the court system, um, they both wouldn't speak because they each called their lawyers asking what they can and cannot say. And the lawyers said, you can't say this. But what we are gathering is that Drew had a re- an inappropriate relationship with a woman by the name of um, Ty Young, who is a current or former basketball player. I'm unsure on that but they met on the set of Candy's movie and 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 that's that. However, I find it to be hella hypocritical. If we are talking about Drew's infidelity, when we damn sure know Ralph was hanging out with women in Tampa, who knows what he was doing in Vegas this season. Like Ralph has been an unfaithful husband for sure. So to your point, the reunion probably will give us a little bit more, um, than what we got in this episode, but it was just, it was a nothing burger. It was really
4: disappointing. No, cause they hyped it up and it was like, cameras were up again. Okay. We saw cameras were up again. And what did we get? A scene of Marlo reading the article on her phone. Yeah. Like, it was
3: confessionals. That was what was
4: camera, yeah. Yeah. It was confessionals and it was Marlo reacting to the news. And I was like, really, this is, this is the big scoop. Um, the um, And even the Courtney piece where they have her and she's like, I'm off camera. And she's like, you know, I know I've seen a picture of them together. And Mark has all the receipts that he's going to reveal in court. Yeah. Okay. But it literally told us nothing. Like it, we didn't get anything. We didn't even get a, a, a scene of them together. Like it was just so disappointing because I was like, this was actually starting to look good for Atlanta.
3: It was. It was. It was something that I thought we would get a little bit more out of. When we hear va- cameras up, we think we're going to get a Tom and Ariana scene. <laughs> that rawness, that like pure, like, we just broke up and we're talking about it thing. Like, no, we didn't get any of that. And um, yeah, I mean, I am I, hesitantly looking forward to the reunion. I'm curious to see what comes from it, but I, I'm... I have very very low expectations and I, I like Atlanta used to be one of my favorite franchises. So I'm really hoping they turn this around, the network gets involved because it does seem like this production company does not know what they're doing and we could do something different with Atlanta. Um but let's get to something different in OC, because I have also been loving Orange County this season, and I find the changes that they made to that cast to have been beneficial. It took us a couple rough seasons, <laughs> but we got there. And you know, we we see a few things in, in Orange County um, before we get to this <laughs> pumpkin fall festival carving party. Um, Heather and Terry sell their house for 55 million third highest price in orange county history um thoughts what do you think of them them selling
4: i mean good for that it it was kind of strange but i mean because they worked so hard to build that house yeah and it's like what was the point of getting to this point and now you're just going to sell it but i mean come on 55 million that's that's good money like you can give me (laughs) give me that money um I'm, and I love that that Heather was like I manifested this. I was off by five million. Imagine just like manifesting and being off by five million. Just the the. The exuberance um, of I it all. I think
3: my favorite Heather line this episode was when they popped the the Dom and she was like, it was the 2012. I didn't like 2010. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, to say that 2010 Dom is just not up to anybody's standards. Right in front hilarious. of her Vuv wall. Yes. Her big
4: Vuv champagne wall. I'm just like, that's so much champagne.
3: I, I did enjoy that Heather line. But yeah, I mean... I am curious. They're talking about renting or leasing a place. Um, we got the Altman's in this episode, which was cute. Nice little Bravo crossover. Um, and then we also got Shannon talking a little bit more to Tamara about her relationship with John. Um, she's, you know, and it, it kind of does sound like a lot of things that we've been hearing from the other women of John not spending a lot of time with her, him not wanting to stay over often because he doesn't want to be with the girls that they're fighting. It just sounds like a crockety old man, to be honest with you. Just like set in his ways, doesn't want to have his life interfered with much. You don't agree? Is that
4: weird if your partner like doesn't want to spend the night with you?
3: I mean, I think so. But like, we've also seen in other Housewives... I think it's it, it's all in what you want. And it's obvious that Shannon wants her partner to spend more time with her and have that quality time with her. Other partners may think like, yeah, I like sleeping in my own bed. I like my own space. Like you go in your ha-. like Jackie Hershenhiders and in, uh, in Jersey, like her her parents don't I think live in the same house. Like they live in separate and they're married. So it, but that works for them, you know, but, and, and for me, like, no, I, I want you here with me. Like I want to go on trips with you. When she said they've never gone on a trip together. Um, that wasn't business. I was like, wow, that.
4: Is weird. And what's so perfect about this relationship that she's like, it's so perfect. I think she's just lonely. And I think she's afraid of being alone. And he's somebody that's nice enough. He gives her enough attention. He meets enough of her needs. Maybe maybe not all of them, but at least enough of them that she's willing to kind of put up with it.
3: I 100% agree with you. She, he does not seem like someone that you want to be sticking around with. However, she is an older woman. And you know, you may look at relationships a little bit differently. Like how many other chances at love am I going to get if I let go of this one, which is sad. It's a sad way to look at it. Um, and then we do get a scene with Ryan and Jen. He, he really wants to marry her. And I say, Jen, don't marry this man. Isn't, hasn't he been married before? Isn't like, didn't he cheat on his wife? Wasn't that the thing? Like once he gets married, he cheats on them.
4: Yeah, once he's yeah. committed, then once he's committed, then he, that's when he starts to dip out. But he's already cheated on her. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> he's already ahead of the game.
3: Yeah, don't do it, Jen. Don't don't do it.
4: Um, I don't know. There's something about him that like, I'm attracted to.
3: Ah!
4: <laughs> I think it's all the red flags.
3: I wasn't just expecting my you to say attracted to. There's something about him that rubs me the wrong way. There's like, something about him bags. that is just not right. Not attracted to.
4: The dopamine <laughs> in my brain is just like, pew, beep, beep, it's so excited. Oh.
3: I'm like, oh, chaos. There is nothing about him. Nothing. Even when Jen was picking out his outfit for the wedding, I'm like, Jen, really, that's the best you could find from his closet? No, ma'am, no. Not at his all. His Ed
4: Hardy style. Ugh.
3: Disgusting. So another thing that we saw before we get into the fall festival that Taylor is hosting, um, Shannon or not Shannon, Tamara and Jen are on their way. And correct me if I'm wrong, I kind of think this was a shady omission by the editors, but did they give Teddy Mellencamp a lower third?
4: They did. No. Okay. Yes, they did. No, I did, think they did. They did.
3: Okay, because I might have blinked and missed it, but when Tamara was on the phone. I was like, who's Tamara talking to? And then I recognized the voice and she said, oh, I was on the podcast. I was like, oh, it's Teddy. And I was like, wait, did they not notify us that that was Teddy?
4: No, I want to say they had like a small lower thirds in the corner. Okay. Um,
3: I might have missed it, but I thought it was shady if they didn't. Um, But Teddy does share with us that she revealed on the podcast or said something on the podcast about how no paparazzi ever come to Orange County. And that was in reference to Heather and Terry having what many believe is a stage photo shoot at Disneyland because there are plenty of rumors going on that they are not doing well, that Terry's stepping out on Heather. And I was surprised that it took so long for us to get to the storyline because um, I remember when these rumors were coming out and I was like, oh, it's going to play out on the show. But it's barely been discussed, Um, likely because the women don't believe the rumors, so they're just leaving it alone. But what do you think of this quote-unquote staged paparazzi photo shoot?
4: I mean, I... They clearly look staged. There are no paparazzi in O.C. There <laughs> are no paparazzi at Disneyland. Um, I mean, I don't know. I love Heather so much that part of me is like, well, maybe there was like a fan that like happened to notice that they were there and they just happened to have a professional camera. So they happened to take some photos and then they happened to upload them to back and then it happened to get leaked to the press. <laughs> like maybe that's all possible. Anything is possible. Lots of maybes. Lots of babies. I mean, it looks like they were very clearly... I mean, and here's the other thing when it comes to, like, leaked pop or, like, these staged paparazzi pictures is sometimes it's not always the talent that leaks it. Sometimes it's one of the... It's their manager or it's their publicist that's trying to diffuse rumors. So it's possible that maybe... Heather and Terry didn't realize that a a paparazzi was going to be there, but maybe, like, their publicist set this up being like, hey, they're going to be at Disneyland. You know, go to Disneyland and get their photos. They're going to be at the Matterhorn at 2 o'clock and then told Terry and Heather to be at the Matterhorn at 2 o'clock for whatever reason. I don't know. They had to have been... They had to have been aware of it in some way. There's no paparazzi They
3: were definitely staged. Um, I do... I, I like... I like Fancy Pants, too. She, you know... She could be a little cringy, but for the most part, I think she's good for the show. Um, And they arrived to this whole fall festival. Um, Tamara asked Fancy Pants, like, how are things with you and Shannon? She's a little bit like, eh, we we are where we are. They had that lunch. I was also very Team Heather throughout this whole argument. Um, It does seem like Shannon gets in her teacup. And I referenced teacup because my aunt god bless her soul may she rest in peace used to drink her wine out of her teacups instead of like a wine glass to like hide that she was drinking her wine um shannon has been in her teacup and it sounds like she just likes to make some phone calls it's very cute karen huger of uh of her she just gets on the phone calls up people tells her her drama and you can't blame heather for for that and to heather's point like Tamara was trying to get Heather to talk about it, and she never took the bait.
4: Yeah, and they show the flashbacks of that where she wanted Heather, or she wanted, yeah, I think Tamara wanted Heather to say something that way. She'd be like, look, Heather's talking about yeah. it. Yeah,
3: she never took the bait. So I was very team Heather in this whole thing. I, I think she bent the knee a little bit to Shannon just to get over everything and to apologize and just move on, but I, I didn't think she needed to. Um... But they're all at this fall festival. And it's cute. It was nice. It was a reason to gather. I I don't necessarily love a pumpkin patch. Um, I like the idea of carving pumpkins, but we we don't lit like it's messy and also like they don't last long. And it's always so yeah, hot. They rot. Yeah. So I just hot for where we are. What?
4: I guess you cut out the butthole so that it can last longer. Is yeah. that what they were doing? Seemed like a new trick. I didn't know I that. I always
3: cut out from the top. So I guess maybe I'll give it a try. See how it how it goes. <laughs> um, but as they're doing this whole pumpkin carving thing, um, Tamra shares with Shannon that it's been going around that Shannon said to Gina or at the Mexican dinner, the fiesta, that um. Shannon shared that Gina's children were going to be taken to CPS had it not been for her and all the help that she gave her. And Shannon immediately snaps at Jen and says, Why did you say that? I never said that. And as we said earlier in the pod, it was another example of a rare time in which information was properly uh, given to another woman. Um about something that has happened and it was true like Jen was spot on Shannon said her kids the police were coming they were gonna arrest her her kids would've been taken a CPS if I hadn't given her that lawyer she said it
4: which she said she's like strike me down strike me down <laughs> I was like, ooh, where's the lightning? And then
3: she had her backup, Tamara, who said, I just don't remember her saying that. And Taylor also did not remember saying it. So it was only Jen who had this proper recollection of the events that happened that night. And I think if it weren't that Gina hates Shannon so much, it might have maybe been like, oh my God, Jen, you're such a liar. But because Gina can't stand Shannon, she really took Jen for her word. And was like, I believe you. Like, I know she said it. And, you know, good call. Right call. What do you think of this whole, like, Shannon-Gina rivalry? What's going on there? I kind of like it, but it's... all I, I think this brings out the best side of Gina, honestly. Like, otherwise, I'm not really a big fan of Gina. Um, So seeing her, like, being very staunch in this, like, actually makes me like her a little bit more.
4: Yeah, I can do without her fake skincare line and her baking cookies to sell a home that she knows nothing about. Um, I can do without all of that Gina stuff, but this is where Gina is compelling because there's conflict and, and there are stakes, right? Her kids, her past relationship, her arrest, like things that really mattered to her. I think Shannon really just does not like Gina (laughs) and she like fake likes her. And Gina just like keeps reading through it. It's like, Shannon, you're an asshole. And Shannon's like, I'm not, I'm just a drunk. But I think you know, it's 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 funny to me. Like, this is like, you know, Shannon is just a hot mess express. And I feel like she's the only one. She keeps trying to make it seem like all the other women want to make her look bad. But she's literally the only one that has consistently made herself look bad this entire season. With her relationship, with the CPS comment, with her fights with Gina. Like, she's the only one that is making herself look so damning.
3: Yeah, I agree. I... <laughs> I do love me some Shannon Bedore. She is wild, crazy, and loosey-goosey. <laughs> yes, but um, but she is. She is bringing all of this upon herself and is not making herself look good. And she, she is the reason why her relationship with John looks as bad as it does because of how animated she gets anytime it gets brought up. Um shannon which only
4: makes it look worse like the only worse. one that's making shannon's relationship look bad is shannon with her being like don't say it on camera Tamara. don't say it don't do that don't and then do she goes that. To the that and
3: also to say like we just get in fights that leave me paralyzed at times like what <laughs> that's, we're in a healthy relationship we just get in these arguments that paralyze me like doesn't
0: sound
4: healthy. normal stuff that <laughs> normal things that people in relationships go through.
3: Yes, yeah, so she she is making herself look bad. However, Shannon and Gina do kind of both you know agree to to cease fire and to kind of put this to bed. Um we'll see how long that lasts. Tamara does confront Heather about these staged paparazzi photos and Heather I think comes with a really good comeback of like look, they're not staged. Wink wink. But you guys haven't checked in on me when you've seen these rumors. So why are you so concerned about these stage paparazzi photos when you have not once asked me how I've been doing with these rumors going on? And I think she kind of got them there.
4: Yeah, and Emily was the only one that was like, I wasn't concerned about your relationship. Like, I never believed the rumors. So to me, it it didn't mean anything. And I loved Heather's line of being like, I know they say where there's smoke, there's fire, but you know what else there is? Arson. (laughs) I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. She really, she really gave it to Tamra because Tamra was right there trying to stir the pot, and she's like, "Why are you bringing this up? Because you genuinely care about my my relationship, or because you're trying to make it look like my relationship is bad?"
3: Yeah, she nipped it in the bud. Tamra really didn't have anything to come back from, and just kind of left it at that. Um, just good housewife work. Kudos, well done. Um, good housewife work all around. We had a great, great New York, a great OC, a uh, not. Great, or Atlanta, so I guess not all around. And, um, you know, some really good Summer House news. Bravo continues to bring it. We're really leaning into it in the fall. We have Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which premieres on Tuesday. So we'll be able to talk about that. So exciting. So
4: good, Chelsea. I can't so wait good. to watch it. The beginning it. is so good. And we have Mary Cosby back. It's so I'm ready for this season of Salt Lake. Oh
3: my God, you guys buckle up. We're going to have so much fun recapping Salt Lake and everything else going on on Bravo. So enjoy your long Labor Day weekend. We know you guys are working hard out there and uh, we'll see you next week.